0: Each Wednesday, we'll have the lighting of the Advent wreath. This Wednesday, it's the first blue candle. Each Wednesday, we'll begin with a prophecy. That is an Old Testament reading that points to the coming of the Messiah. Tonight, it is from Isaiah chapter 7. Once again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask for a sign from the Lord your God... Let it be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. However, Ahad said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, Hear then, O house of David. Is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God as well? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. behold. The Virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. We stand in honor of the Christmas Gospel. The reading from Luke chapter 1, beginning verse 26. This is the wondrous visitation of Gabriel to the Virgin Mary. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin who was betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, O greatly favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and considered in her mind what sort of greeting this could be. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have not known a husband? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. And behold... Your close kinswoman, Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month of her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Sanctify them by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Our meditation is on the great annunciation of the Virgin Mary. Your saints of God in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> As the lights are going down, right? I think, focus your attention on the Christmas tree. Now close your eyes, and now I ask you a simple question. How many of you say that the tree is capped by an angel? Raise your hands. Your eyes are still closed. How many of you say that our tree is capped by a star? Raise your hand. Very good. A star is more appropriate than an angel because in the history of things, angels can mean real trouble. Angels can lead you astray. Adam and Eve and the garden were distracted by Lucifer, which means light bearer or carrier. According to Scripture, he was the most brilliant of all the created angels. He even appears in any form he wants. That angel spoke the first gospel, but it was a false one. The angel spoke a good news word which said, you will not die if you eat from that tree in the middle of the garden but rather you will become like God, knowing both good and evil. Your eyes will be opened and you'll see wondrous things. That's the first gospel ever spoken. There was no gospel spoken yet by God. He didn't need to. Up to that point, they were perfect. There was no evil, no sin in the world. So when this angel, this glorious angel, offered them something even more wonderful than Eden and perfection, the first faith in all creation, and it was a faith based on a word, eagerly grabbed on to this false gospel. Martin Luther once said, Satan doesn't care how strongly you believe so long that you believe wrongly. And they believed very wrongly and were plunged into sin and God's condemnation because that's all they knew from God's Word. In the day that you eat of it, you'll certainly die. But then just as God begins His word of condemnation against that bright angel, suddenly in the middle of that, there's the first real gospel that the woman's seed, a child, would come and smash in Satan's head. Although Satan, as a snake, would get his fangs into this child and the child will die in the process. That's the first real, true gospel. But notice the false one came by an angel. Who came to Muhammad in the desert when he was most desirous of gaining the truth about God? Who came to him? Supposedly the angel Gabriel. He spoke wondrous words recorded in the Quran. But because Muhammad did not know God's real word, he accepted all these false statements as coming from God and that this creature bright before him was truly an angel sent from God. That hellish religion called Islam came by a bright angel. Or in this country, if you go out to Utah, you hear the grand story about the angel Maroni who came to Joseph Smith in upstate New York and revealed wondrous things to him. Another false angel. And Islam isn't work-righteous enough to get anywhere near Mormonism. Just because in this text in Luke that the real angel Gabriel comes to the Virgin Mary, who was espoused, that means betrothed, already married to Joseph, Even though this true angel appears to Mary, is she supposed to believe what he says simply because he is bright and wondrous and fearsome? Remember, he has to say to her, Fear not, Mary. You've gained gracious favor before God. What's the key here? Just to see an angel proves nothing. Nothing if some of you have supposedly maybe seen an angel, that proves absolutely nothing. Why does Mary believe this word? It's quite a word. This child called Jesus will be great, will be called or declared the Son of the Most High, He'll have the throne of his father, David. He'll reign over this house of Jacob into eternity. Of his kingdom, there will be no end. That's all messianic talk. She complains that she is a virgin. She has not had any relations with a man, let alone with her husband, Joseph. There's a problem here. But why does she believe this wonderful message? because it is not the angel in all of his brightness and the wonder of what he says, it is the fact that what he says is in accord with the Old Testament prophecies, specifically Isaiah chapter 7, about the virgin shall shall conceive and bear a son, and he has the wondrous title, Emmanuel, with us, God. That's why I'm glad that our Christmas tree has a star at the top and not an angel. Otherwise it seems to be I think missing something. There's many symbols up there but I believe there's one thing that's missing. Up altar guild correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't remember seeing A Bible. These are all wonderful symbols. It's all beautiful. They really point you to Christ. But the thing that authenticates things is what does God's Word say? So maybe after I'm, you know, somewhere else in my life, somebody can make one of these beautiful ornaments in the form of a Bible. How's that? Want to take that challenge? It's a big square thing, and you can put Bible on it. Mary has the right faith because of what she learned previously in Holy Scripture. The problem is, her reality is she's married already. And this whole business of what the angel tells her is that you will not have relations with a man, let alone your husband, yet you will give birth to a son. He will be the Messiah. But that child will not be Joseph's child. Luther had the funny German word, "Anfechtung," that is that God makes promises on the one hand, but puts you in situations on the other where the two don't match up at all. And it would seem that if you believe God and his word, you'll be in so much trouble and agony if you take him at his word. She wonders on what basis she can agree to this wonderful statement. She is told that the Spirit will come upon you, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. That is why the child who is to be born will be called Kadosh, holy, the Son of God. That's all well and good. But what the real angel has said to her may well get her killed. Later we're told that she was found to be with a a child by the Holy Spirit. Find, found, meaning Joseph found out. What he finds out appears to be adultery. And he has to struggle with that too. How does he deal with it? He really doesn't want to hurt, let alone condemn her, and he's struggling with that. Mary struggles with it more. If she agrees to this word given by the true angel because it's in accord with God's own word of the Old Testament, she won't live very long. As soon as the baby would be born, she would be stoned to death. That's the amazing nature of what Mary will now believe. The capstone of this, just in case there's any doubt, is that she is to look at the example of Elizabeth, who is far too old to have a child, but who is now in her sixth month. Right after this, we're told, and we'll look at more next week, this amazing visit that Mary makes to Elizabeth. But most of all, more than even Elizabeth, is that word that she believes in. And based on that alone... "'Naked faith,' Luther said. She then exclaims, "'I am the handmaiden, or servant, slave girl of the Lord. "'Let it happen to me in full accord with your word.'" That's the astounding faith of Mary. And without that happening in the history of things, One can only theorize what could have been otherwise. Mary is necessary in her astounding faith to begin this whole Christmas process. She will be with child. She does that by faith. And God will bring her through, although at this point she has no way of knowing how. So with our faith, Take God at his word. Know his word in depth. Trust what he says for you in spite of what troubles or dangers might come of it. That's the real beauty of this Christmas faith. Not just Mary's, but intended to be ours as well. Amen. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.